Good afternoon, everyone. It's good to have you all here. Uh, welcome to uh, UX Indonesia Meetup. And uh, yeah, today we are going to discuss something really interesting for all of us. And today we have uh, we are very privileged to have Ebra Holland and uh, Kathy Smith. Uh, they are both um, working at a Kulbinia Primary School. But not just that, uh, they are doing a lot of uh, interesting stuff in uh, mental health, um, especially uh, at um, uh, primary education. Okay, now I'm going to give the opportunity for Sebra and Kathy to share your work. Time is yours. Hi everybody, I'm really um, pleased to be here. So I'm Kathy. I'm Deb. And we're here to talk about, um, as Eunice was saying, some mental health challenges, particularly in schools, um, for schools and staff during the COVID-19 pandemic and what impact and challenges it's had. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to begin with um, an acknowledgement to country, which is um, something we do traditionally in Australia. And it's a very special week here. It's our Reconciliation Week. So I'll just begin with Nagala Kalich Nunga. We respectfully acknowledge the past and the present traditional owners of this land on which we are meeting, the Wajak people. It is a privilege to be standing on Noongar country. We are honoured to be able to use this site with the approval of the traditional owners for the purpose of providing the best education for all children. Together, we acknowledge the contributions of Aboriginal Australians and non-Aboriginal Australians to the education of all children and people in this country. We all live and share together Australia. Okay, so I'd like to just uh, begin with a short introduction about what our presentation is hopefully going to cover. Um, so as everybody will be aware, the COVID-19 pandemic has been very disruptive and the most um, one of the most unprecedented crises in WA education, but obviously for everybody, no matter where you are in the world. Um, for us, it's been a very difficult journey filled with a lot of uncertainty and we're still in a state of emergency and we have to respond as a Department of Education to the decisions that are made by our government. And what we're going to talk about this afternoon is the impact of mental health um, of the pandemic on our community and then followed by our strategies of how to deal with this global uh, sorry global crisis. So I'll just tell you a little bit about teaching during the pandemic. For most of the pandemic the teachers uh, children have been exposed to face-to-face -face teaching. That means um, they've been in a classroom in front of a teacher that's called face-to-face -face. and then we've had children that are using um, hard copies of tailor-made home learning packs and both modes of delivery were developed collaboratively by year-level teachers, teams, working in teams, to ensure that we had consistency of the content of our curriculum and to reduce the visitors on site because um, yeah, that was very stringent. Um, staff, they hand-delivered the packages to all the children in Corbinia and surrounding suburbs and some of the out-of-the-areas families came into school and actually picked up the from the front office but we've returned to almost 90 I'd say yeah, mid 90s 
are back in the classroom and we don't have anyone there's a few that are sick at home but um, we don't have anyone doing home learning at the moment but that actually changed quite quickly um before we we had a, a holiday break about four or five weeks ago now mm. and um prior to that as, as deborah was saying we actually were giving out all these home learning packs parents were coming to pick them up or they were being delivered and almost straight after the the holidays most children were actually then back face to face again so that made some enormous stress levels on everybody but particularly us as staff um and stress levels were rising day by day because there was still fear of the unknown um the sudden and unexpected changes of one minute you're thinking that you're doing um you know you're going to be teaching children either online or with the home learning packs and then the next day they're back in school um, and you're in the classroom with them um, it meant new ways of living and new ways of dealing with things and still trying to keep um, social distancing in place um, it, it was all quite stressful mm -hmm. um, also at our school we had the added um, issue of our chaplain we have a chaplain in our school who deals with quite often you'll see children that are having not hugely serious issues hey mm. but mainly perhaps mm. issues with some friendships or things like that she was on leave and our school psych was absent as well so it had to be a, a team called our BU action team and I'm going to talk a little bit about BU in a moment um, who had to sort of jump in and start trying to give some of that much needed support that, that was missing. Mm -hmm. So BU, um, BU is a national Australian mental health initiative um, and it launched at the end of 2018 and whilst it's uh, an Australian national mental health initiative, a website can be accessed worldwide. There's actually a lot of good stuff on there. Um, we in Corbinia became a BU school at the end of 2018 so we we already kind of had I suppose the advantage of knowing some of the resources and strategies that BU can provide. Um, so the actual initiative promotes mental health and well-being from the early years through to age 18 and it offers educators and learning communities evidence-based online professional learning um, and then complemented by a range of tools and resources to turn learning into action. And there's also a big focus on staff well-being, which is also important, going back to what I said um, in the previous slide about stress levels, that stress was something that impacted everybody. And it's important to realise that your mental health is just as important as the children's. Hence my next slide. <laughs> Shall we go on, Deb? Mm. So the importance of mental health and well-being cannot be stressed enough. Good mental health goes hand in hand with good physical health. Um, our mental health impacts how we feel, think and behave each day, contributes to our decision making processes and how we deal with stress. And it's particularly important to look after our own mental health and well-being in these uncertain times so that we are then in the best position to offer support to our students. As the saying goes, and as you can see on the picture there, you can't pour for an empty cup. Um, so there, we um, have actually already been interviewed about the staff wellbeing processes that we'd already put into place last year before COVID hit. Um, and if you are interested, there's a write-up about that already on the BU website. And there is a link on this PowerPoint, which I'm sure we can work out that we can send that mm -hmm. to people if they would like to. Or you simply just go on to Google and Google BU. And if you go to their news section, you'll find it there. But it's really a good site, as I say, even if you're not in Australia, there's a lot of good resources, good information that is actually useful no matter where you are. 
Okay, so, uh, just a few things dealing with stress. We'll look at teachers first of all. Um, they're not new, the deep breathing, progressive muscle relaxation, guarded imagery, physical activity. Um, and that was quite restrictive as well. We didn't have any limits on the time, but um, you just had to avoid crowds and so on, mm. but um, stay in the local area and go out and exercise. It was beautiful, sunny weather. We were lucky from that, from that perspective, mm. yes. Uh, talking about it, yeah, it's always important to share it if you're worried, um, to just phone a friend or chat. And don't believe everything you think. Um, just as, and we, our government here, the Department of Education said this is at the top, you know, this is the truth and you have to believe what the Department of Education is saying. Don't be influenced by anyone else and don't judge yourself for how you feel. It's okay if you're feeling, you know, not yourself um, and don't try to control everything you can't. And we came across a really good um, article about dealing with stress for children mm -hmm. returning to school because obviously for our children at school it was very difficult because again just like us one minute they were thinking they were doing one thing another minute it was something else and depending on the parents as well parents were actually initially given a choice of whether to send their children back to school um, at the start of this term and some parents did and some parents didn't understandably um, and so for those, particularly those children that um, came back a little bit later, it was all the more difficult to adapt back into the normal school environment. So some of the things that um, we came across in this article, uh, was getting back into a routine, children love routine, knowing what's going to be happening each day and each part of the day makes things feel safe and secure and it's, you know, how they deal with things best. Talking with your children about how they are feeling actually be honest and share you know share your concerns and their concerns and they are then more likely to open up to you lots of detail can actually be calming talk to them through their sorry talk them through their day you know what they have done what they're going to be doing remind them what they can do and what the school is doing to keep them safe because we have um, despite all the difficulties we've put things into place in school um, there's extra cleaning there's extra sanitizing going on as I say we have been doing our best to within government recommendations of what is safe and it's just reassuring the children that we are doing that and I think modeling that practice is good as well praising brave brave behavior particularly for our younger students because uh, even still, our um, kindy and pre-primary students who are our youngest um, members of our school still have to say goodbye to their parents at the gate. And that can be quite tough when you're four or five years old. So praising brave behaviour um, and then reminding them what they like about school, giving them that incentive to want to go back and be with their friends and, and learn in, in that environment where they learn best. And at Kulbinia, what I do every day is um, go down to the kindy with the four-year-olds and just the teachers greeting them at the gate. And then the next thing is um, usually their parents help them unpack their bags. So I've been helping them do that. They do it on their own. And then the EA, the education assistant, is at the door. She applies the hand sanitizer and gives them a token, which is like a um a reward for being brave and unpacking their bag independently and we've had some really great feedback on that mm. yeah, developing their independence so um on to teacher workload um as we've been talking about staff were feeling overwhelmed with the additional workload of dealing with home learning and face-to-face -face teaching 
because it's two very different ways of doing things. Mm. Um, so the administration hired in some relief staff to supervise essential workers' children to allow our teachers to work un uninterrupted with teams uh, with education assistance to prepare the packs. And then, of course, as we said, we didn't anticipate the sudden change of plans during the holidays, whereby the, the government encouraged the return of all students back to schools. So workload was just quite a huge mm. thing that we had to deal with in a relatively short space of time. They were all ready for the first week and then after that they had to do it pretty much in their own time. But um, it came out of yeah. our school budget because we could see teachers were getting frazzled. So it was really important to step in because um, the stress levels were pretty high. So that was a huge help. And the education assistants as well, we hired lots of those as well. And the teachers really appreciated, but they were getting really, really tired of doing both modes of learning. Uh, hiring staff, yeah, that's what we did. And there's one of our lovely cleaners, full-time cleaners. It's normally they're there at the start of the day for staff and children arrive and or at the end of the day but we had a full-time cleaner just doing um, all the disinfecting of playground equipment and as you can see wiping down surfaces outside it was a full-time job so um some of the busy visits biggest mental challenges that um we were aware of that we could see and perhaps at times experienced ourselves were things like lack of trust uncertainty and catastrophizing things um, getting mixed messages from different um, media sources from the government, depending on who, what you read or what yeah. social media you went on to, you would often get a lot of mixed messages. And the, the and the union as well. Yeah. yeah, the impact of rapid and radical changes, as we said, you know, one one week you're doing one thing, one week you're doing something else, mm -hmm. which of course then did lead to immense frustration and confusion. So mm -hmm. huge, huge challenges. So um, strategies and focus. Well, our key priority was to build relationships because relationships underpins everything at our school and connections to keep those connections up with family, staff and students, no matter where they were at home or in the classroom. Um, that was critical. And the focus was reinforcing important survival skills such as the grit, resilience, adaptability and flexibility. Unfortunately, Corbinia has a really strong with through the BU and positive behaviour support program. Uh, those sort of qualities that uh, already existed. They do, and it's something that the children are actually exposed to regularly, aren't they? There's a focus on <clears throat> quality everywhere. Yeah. So one of the ways that um, we stayed connected was through um, something called Connect. Um, which is uh, an integrated secure online environment called Connect, um, whereby groups and classes can be established for sharing information, resources, photos and video. Um, and the good thing about it is that it is a private um, forum. So for students to be able to go on and maybe upload a picture of themselves having done a Lego challenge, for example, or perhaps a cooking activity that they might want to share. It was a real nice way of keeping connected so that they could actually see what each other had been up to. And it was also nice for the teachers to be able to see them. And teachers actually also update, um, gave messages, they videoed, did little video messages while some children were still learning at home that could also be uploaded through Connect. So 
Um, Connect is something that we've had for quite a few years now, but it mm -hmm. kind of, I would say, really came into its element during the pandemic because it was just this secure way of being able to keep things going and keeping things established. Um, I actually do through Connect, we've got a BU Connect group. I've actually got two. We've got one that we, um, we use just in the school. Um, and then there's one that we actually use throughout the state. And that is also really good for teachers in remote communities to actually still feel that they are connected to like-minded people. And with Connect, you can actually have things, uh, there's sections in a library. So if you want to have resources that are easily findable, you put them into the library, you can post notices and say photos, video. It's a really, really good way. And as I say, secure, and that's, that's the important thing, secure and private um, and safe, therefore, for our students. Uh, and one thing is that our parents, they're very familiar with Connect. It's something that we didn't have to train them in. So it was a really good tool to communicate. And it's provided by the Department of Education. So uh, another important source of resources for us was from a company called You Are Strong. So they're found, they were founded in Canada. So um, again, they have a, a website that is easily accessible wherever you are in the world doesn't matter um, and they founded a curriculum called Friendology and Friendology was something that we were we'd already been using in a few classes at Corbinia and we were actually due to um, implement throughout the whole school this term obviously that's had to be put back a little bit but what was really great about this company is they actually as you can see at the bottom they expanded their parent resource section and they're actually currently offering free lifetime membership for families so um, the program Friendology was actually designed for teachers to teach and we will be doing that in school next term now, helping children to choose healthy friendships and build their self-confidence and self-esteem. But the, the parent section again came into its own. They actually um, wrote some new resources called the Language of Friendship. And if you go on to the You Are Strong website and you actually enter the code You Are Strong, you can get free family lifetime membership which will again um, give you a lot of resources in helping children and young people deal with um, not just friendship issues but importantly about as I say building self-confidence and self-esteem and particularly those countries where children are not back in school at the moment and are really feeling you know, increasingly more isolated. I think when they do return into school, they're going to potentially find even more challenges reintegrating and re-establishing friendships. And the language of friendship kind of just helps that process along a little bit. But it can be done by parents. That's the difference between the two. The one we are doing in school, the Friendology programme, is an explicitly taught by a teacher programme. That's what it's designed to do. But the, the language of friendship has been designed for parents to literally sit down with their children and work through the different activities that are on there. So another very highly recommended resource. Okay, the one-to-one -one coaching sessions. Um, this has been happening before the pandemic. Um, it's really been fantastic because Kathy's in the school. The school chaplain, she's fantastic at doing counselling, but Kathy's role has been doing the one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions and it's linked to the um, You Are Strong anti-bullying policy. And if anyone's got any issues, usually um, I'm the one that will refer them to Kathy because Kathy's in the school three and a half days. It's wonderful. She does it usually during her dot time or she has a special time on a Monday where she's in her wearing her mental health 
Well, yes, I'll wait till that's. Yes, <laughs> she's available to help children. It's only 15 minutes, but it's been a hugely helpful for those children. And last week we had a little fellow that went along and he brought in, um, he was so thrilled and he was sort of stuck, didn't know what to do because he was alienating himself from his friends. And he brought in this, after his 15-minute coaching session with Kathy, he brought in this really cute heart-shaped stone that he'd made for Kathy to show his appreciation. It was very cute. Yeah, it was really cute. But this has been, yeah, it's just a way of talking through and there's a sheet, it's called You Are Strong and Kathy brings it in, she fills it in with the children, she brings it in and we follow up with a phone call. Um, either Kathy does it or myself. It's been a huge help to get them through this difficult time. Sometimes it's just for them having someone to listen to them. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, we weren't expecting that to start straight away. Don't do it. <laughs> it's all going so well. Okay. <laughs> so sorry about that. You just had a, a, a little little bit of a preview there. So we we kind of wanted to bring things to an end um, by sort of hopefully bringing a, a bit of an uplifting song. Um, one of the things I love to do is write songs because my other hat is a music specialist at the school. Um, and I actually, over the last couple of years now, probably, um, again, before COVID hit, um, have been writing a lot of wellbeing songs um, because it's so nice for the children. They, they Again, it's another way that they can express themselves and some of the, the things that we've talked about, I've written one about confidence and everything starts with a thought. Um, and it's just things, the lyrics really have some meaning for them and they they choreograph the songs. So I write mm. them, um, I teach them to sing it, but then I give them that ownership of actually being able to do the choreography. They make up the moves, um, which then brings meaning from their perspective to each song. Okay, and I'm going to play you that song. <laughs> so this one is called Be You and it's kind of um, in response to the Be You initiative, all about really being yourself. The lyrics are on the slide. And hopefully it will start as well as it did just now <laughs> when we play it again.
The good thing is that um, the Department of Education advocate BU. Yes, they do. Mm. And they fund Cathy's position half a day a week so she can work in the role as the mental health and wellbeing person in our school, which has been a huge success. Yeah, thank so you. So thank you very much for having us today, Eunice and Josh. Yep, thank is you. Is there any questions? Well, thank you so much. Uh, it's really interesting uh, presentation that you had. And we have a lot of comments. If you read on the chat, like the people asking questions, giving comments, sharing stories here. So, uh, yeah, be, uh, I will just try to read um, uh, the questions and then you can just answer. And if the people uh, want to add or want to uh, try to explain more or ask more, like uh, just um, send on your mic and uh, that's fine it's like a uh any question so i will start from the beginning here so the question is like uh, with the um you suggested before one of the thing is that uh, do not control the situation because we can't control the situation right yes yeah and then the media somehow makes you control a lot of stuff some way somehow right so what do you yes. what do you Okay, I think I understand what you're talking about now. Yes, um, it's important remembering, yes, you, you can only control yourself and your actions and your responses. Um, and I think it's important, yes, certainly with the, the amount of media um, coverage that there has been where they will put their own spin on things. 
obviously. Um, I think it's important. Sometimes it's it's a simpler case of restricting the media that you view mm -hmm. and it's, it's restricting your exposure mm -hmm. um, and, you know, deliberately focusing on something else. Focusing, if you find you're kind of going into that down, downward spiral that all you're getting is this negative um, stuff from the media is actually, yeah, switching it off, doing something for you. Um, I actually started a jigsaw puzzle, um, which I have not done for years. Um, I have to say it's not finished yet, <laughs> largely back to the, but that it was that sort of thing because I found that I was getting myself a little bit into in the initial stages of, oh, you know, it's all sounding a bit scary. And sometimes that it is, you just have to switch off, unplug, reset. I think as an admin person in the office, um, there's a bit of fear sort of, it's a little tiny bit because we're, there were so many days in WA that we had zero cases and now they've risen. Um, we didn't expect that, but the staff are getting, there's a little bit of unrest because they expect the second wave. So you just have to model that calmness mm. to them and whatever you do, just, yeah, just be truthful, honest consistent and you have to have a really high degree of EQ, the emotional intelligence to get you through it. And I think being kind to yourself mm. and others is also important. Um, you know, I mean, we all, sounds an obvious thing, um, but particularly the being kind to yourself, mm. that's the bit that we, no matter what's happening in our lives, is the bit that sometimes we can forget. We're so busy trying to make sure everything's okay for other people, for our children. Um, you are important too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's something we did for the children because they're missing <clears throat> lots of activities that have just been suddenly cancelled and where we can't do it yet. So one little thing, we're not allowed to have assemblies, but we decided to do the uh, certificates of celebration and the parents can't be there to witness it, unfortunately. But what we've done, we announce them in the office and then we email photos of the children with their certificates and we've had lots of positive feedback about mm. you've made my day, you've made my month. But that's been just a little thing, so they're missing out, but they're still getting their certificates mm. and acknowledging them for doing well at school and for being brave. And we've really cut... Um, giving them a lot of slack with homework. We've eased off because we're in recovery plan phase now. So homework's not a big deal. We don't put the pressure on them to do that because they've been extremely tired and yes. so have staff. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting, like uh, you say about the certificate of celebration. And that's something that I think is very uh, positive that I learned when I moved to Australia, uh, because um, uh, the, uh, when we uh, when I was in other places and other countries, um, uh, you only get a certificate when you really achieve like, really good mark, highest mark, or something like that. It's mm -hmm. like uh, I was very surprised, like um, at your school, for example, when I saw that, like uh, every I think every a uh, few weeks, like uh, you got a big uh, celebration and then so many people receiving certificates for for example like uh, speaking nicely for doing something really uh, simple thing something that's really um, not academic related but you appreciate a lot of uh, you know like a little things that the kids um, has done so it's really really good like uh, for people who do not know about certificate of celebration that's how 
the school has been uh, practicing this a lot. Um, yeah, so that's a following up the question that um, I had before. So uh, this is a situation where young kids actually um, using a lot of technology again, like um, uh, sometimes the situation parents are too busy, they have to still work at home. A lot of us here, like that, uh, they are still in um, social distancing uh, era where parents still have to work at home and they still have to have their own job themselves. So, and the, the technology is actually like uh, the things that they give to the children, making them really busy. But the technology can cause some stress too. So, what do you think about that? technology and stress yeah. yeah um well as i say as i was saying before um yes technology can be great for example us being able to meet here like this today um but it it can have its problems as well um and i think a lot of the time if parents are trying to work at home and they they've got their children at home as well um there can be the danger that that children can be on their device for significantly more of the day than they would be if they were at school. And it's finding ways to manage that time. And one of the reasons that we did um, a lot of hard copy learning packs mm -hmm. was to try and make sure that, first of all, that people weren't disadvantaged that didn't have technology, mm -hmm. but also so that it wasn't all technology reliant, hence not having them sat in front of that screen all day. We do have digital platforms, but not. Um, we didn't make it, you know, like some schools they had to get up and get into their uniform from eight till three in the afternoon. Uh, we only had, we had an hour of English, an hour of maths, and then the afternoon a STEM project, which was hands-on and the whole family can be involved. We really wanted, and the parents didn't have to be involved. That, the no, that, that was another important thing, wasn't it? It mm -hmm. was making sure that there were activities that, that children, obviously not the, the really small young mm. children, but that the older children could actually um, manage themselves. Yes. Mm. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, so uh, we have here actually uh, Professor uh, Janet Reid. Uh, she's from Lancaster University in UK. And uh, she actually like uh, just have a comment. Uh, she's doing a research on to win children off from the media because she thinks that it is like a really interesting consequence from COVID-19. So, uh, well, anyone who are interested, like uh, you can contact uh, Professor Reid like, uh, to uh, ask about this project. But then like uh, the next question will be um, something related to the homeschooling. This is like um, in the past, like uh, you always need to come to school. But now you have no choice and uh, you have to be at home and the parents have to be the teacher somehow in a way and has it, what do you think about the future uh well in wa like uh, we are preparing for the second wave but then in other places then schooling will be at home or you think is it better to have a homeschooling or a hybrid model or completely face-to-face -face? what do you think about that well, I and I think it's been evidence proved face to face is is usually the best the best me best method the ideal method if you like of delivery and not really just from the the content of the subject but from all the social skills that are learned by being in an environment with other young people, um, which you just with the best one in the world can't get in a home environment. Um, 
I think face to face, don't you? Do I do. Yeah, definitely. But because um, WA is a huge state, with um, our, a lot of our children are accustomed to doing the home learning. Mm. It started off with the School of the Year. That's that's a very very old program that they've been running. Children that are um, living on stations and out in the remote communities. And then we have the School of Isolated and Distance Ed. So it's not new to WA. Um, but it was, it presented a huge challenge. And I think um, some of our parents were quite resourceful. If they had to work, go to work, both of them, they would um, share with the families, like spend, you know, two or three families would get together, team up and share the load. And then it was less stressful mm. for our parents. But they really, they were so excited to send their children back. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and the teachers had a brand new respect. I think so, mm -hmm. yes, I think so. <laughs> it's very interesting, like uh, in, in Indonesia, actually, like um, in the beginning, couple of weeks before COVID, uh, after like uh, everybody has to be at home. So uh, some of the teachers, they have to um, do the like a distant learning, not necessarily have to do online because some of the people, they are in a remote places. And um, what happened is like that they use WhatsApp to send um, uh, to send some work. So the children will do their work, and the parent has to supervise, and then they have to have to return it with um, a WhatsApp again. That, but then they got so stressed because it's homework mm -hmm. and homework. Like uh, as you can see in the chat, people give a lot of homework, and then they see how to do it uh, on the paper, and then like uh, return it to the teachers. But then, uh, uh, then after a couple of weeks, the government started to put something on a TV. So every day, like uh, there's a TV program that they have to do it, and then um, uh, it's it's very small, like a few minutes or a few half an hour uh, thing uh, for all the levels. Uh, not everything is covered, but then um, their children will watch the TV, and then they have to do their work from there. So it's. It's a very interesting, like how uh, different people cope with this kind of situation. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, well, it is completely different from here. Like uh, here, uh, we got a lot of uh, technology. But anyway, uh, that's my story. And uh, there are still a lot of questions here. Um, uh, one of the problems here is that um, Monica said that. Um, Monica from uh, Bali, I think, uh, I don't know where you're from, Monica, but then uh, she's from the school in Bali. She said, um, uh, one of the problems that uh, she has is something lack of support from the leadership. And then she shared about no communication, no team meeting. Uh, and then um, she has to do everything herself, like a set up an online learning program for her own students. Mm -hmm. How is your experience at school? Has the school supported you and how do you uh, really like uh, keep yourself together? As yeah, people? I think the, the yes. school really has, yes. Mm. Um, and I think most schools actually have been fortunate in that. Mm. And I think, you know, even from the department's perspective, mm. we've, we've felt supported. There has, yes, there has definitely been that support there. It's, it's not been a case of we've had to do it all ourselves. No, no. And through that connect tool that we showed you, um, they recruited teachers to work during their two week holiday break and they mm -hmm. developed 
um, the packages for teachers. So if you were unable to produce that, I don't know, for anything that was available there, you could jump on and just download it and put it up for parents. It was pretty... Yeah, and, and that, I guess, came into its being as well when um, we, we hit the other side of the holidays, so the start of this term, um, when we got to a situation where most children were back at school but some weren't. Mm. Um, it meant the parents of the children that weren't back at school could still access those resources and it wasn't then putting the extra pressure um, on teachers that, have, that were having to do face-to-face -to, -face to then have to go and prepare something else. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, so it is really, I think... Um, like uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the school actually like uh, intentionally like uh, create a kind of like a system for communication for supporting you uh, to do what you need to do, right? Is that correct? Yes, I think so. About being supported in what we needed to do. Oh, absolutely, 100%. And there's no question about it. I think it's across all schools because number one priority, we wanted children to get normality and one of them was to get them back to school. So we did whatever it took and staff weren't going to, we've got a huge like professional learning budget and we just poured all the money we could into making a success their return and giving them that extra support, which was hugely appreciated by everyone. Yeah. But how did you, like, um, in the beginning manage, like, uh, because this is a really unknown situation for everybody, right? And how long did you, like, uh, for your school, like, to pick up, okay, well, this doesn't work anymore. For example, no face-to-face -face learning. And how soon uh, do you find, like, uh, the best strategy of uh, coping with all kind of uh, uh, different way of thinking, different way of uh, running schools? Yeah, it, it was one of those things, I think, where, um, it, as you say, it was such an uncertain time. You did almost have to change your mindset into, and it was hard, I, I must admit, something I found challenging, that, you know, you, as I said before, you can only control yourself, your, your actions, your responses. Um, try not to get too bogged down and plan too far ahead, because you didn't know what was going to happen. Mm. Um, to start with, it was it was a little bit of a shambles, wasn't it? Last term, when 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 it first hit, and there was a case where first of all, people, you know, children were staying home, some were still coming in. We didn't know what direction things were going to take. There was all the uncertainty about the actual um, illness itself and how mm. safe we were, and there was an awful lot of uncertainty. And it was really you had to kind of yeah train yourself to to almost take one day at a time, mm -hmm. do what you could. A strategy I certainly employed was to to do everything I could to make myself feel safe. Um, and that really is then all that you can do. Mm. And trust people, trust others, mm. because yeah, they, that was the constant message. You need to trust the department. You know, we're the best medical minds here and just believe us. And the good thing was our Director General, she was doing regular WebExes with the principals um, and she had a team surrounded by principals that went into the department. It was very quick. They came in and they advised her what was happening in school and the impacts and good strategies. So there were people that were actually, you know, authentic teachers, not just um, a, a bunch of bureaucrats in head office there were actual teachers and mm. principals that were helping mm. yeah 
So when when that happened, like uh, you kind of like uh, finding out like uh, how to take uh, was it like a kind of a uh, could we say it was also trial and error as well? Yeah, a trial, and, a trial error, and error, definitely, definitely. Yeah. yes, because we've never faced a pandemic. This has just never ever happened before. Um, and the useful thing, I think, was the connect. Really, the communication. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, communication is is so important. Um, but communication from a trusted source, mm -hmm. which, as you say, is where connect is is great because of the the privacy around that. Um, yeah. And we were able to, yeah, and the, the important thing is the school, just don't keep your parents in silence, you know, you have to connect, we were communicating with them on a daily basis. Mm. And just respond to the change, wasn't it? Mm. Just as sensitively as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, so have you ever, like, a kind of, like, a, the main concern here, a right now is, like, a, uh, when you do a trial and error, I mean, like a we can like a relate to you and um, have you ever doubted yourself like a, you know, like a, is, is it going to work? Like, a, is it going to, or, or like a, you are, okay, do trial and error, it's okay if I'm fail, like a, I still have like a people, uh, you know, supporting me and people will understand. So we, we would like to understand the emotional journey, like a, during that situation. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, failure, failure is something that none of us like, but it, it's such a learning experience. Um, yes, with, with, with everything, a lot of the time, you, you might be doing something for the first time and you don't know how it's going to pan out. And as Deborah was saying, a lot of the time you have to trust in the system or the procedure or the people that you're working with. And if things do go wrong, rather than then again go in that downward spiral use it as a learning opportunity mm. and an opportunity for growth um, of how you can then you know perhaps stop it happening again in the future or perhaps find ways of dealing with it that you might not have had before so that if something happens again you've, you've then got those those personal practices in place um, yeah. I think the important thing is that we didn't introduce anything to our staff that was new we didn't want to um, make them feel stressed. So everything we did, the staff were familiar with, the very deliberate um, strategies, nothing new at all that they were familiar with. But the directions from the department, they were just flying thick and fast and we just had to respond, wasn't it? Mm. The best way and the quickest way we could. But um, it was certainly challenging. Yes. Mm. <laughs> So, so do you like uh, have you started to measure like uh, before you have done and uh, you have you started and now uh, there's a question from um, uh, one of the teachers here and uh, did, did you really do measuring uh, the impact what you did before and then what you're doing right now like uh, has there been any mm -hmm. impact on that one? The impact what we're doing with the BU Oh, what what impact has it had? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's had a. It, it has had. I think we've probably been lucky because we'd started to introduce BU before this hit. Mm -hmm. We kind of had that framework to almost fall back on a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so 
there were resources and things that had been started to be put in place there for us to use, which was very useful. Um, we also have a um, consultant that we work with. Um, so BU, BU is actually founded by um, Beyond Blue, the mental health over in the Eastern States. Over here, it's partnered with Headspace. And so we actually mm -hmm. have a consultant from Headspace who is also available to advise. So, we, you know, we had plenty of these different strategies that we could call on, all these people that we could call on, didn't we, to, to help us. Mm -hmm. but, but yeah, it's, it's had a huge impact. Yeah, and I think, in, particularly before the holiday break, you know, staff were exhausted, they're unsure. So we went out of our way to get, do something special for them every day, um, whether it be just put on a special morning tea or do their duties. Or We had a pizza lunch, didn't we, to we finish? Did. We Socially did. distanced. Mm. We did manage to, to get people, um, I think we had to have... It was it was quite trickily done, but we did it, didn't we? <laughs> um, and managed to cater for everybody's dietary requirements as well. But it was just nice because it was at that time that people really were starting to feel it, weren't they? We were all hanging out for the holidays. Um, we really were. And just having that time to to connect, safely connect, just was so important. And we had well, an I action team as well that meets regularly but uh, we've been working behind the scenes the action team and mm. Kathy leads that we had a meeting yesterday we did mm. yeah and so it because um through BU and through our, our focus actually on staff well-being last year again pre-covid um we actually organized through B, the BU team a lot of initiatives like um, we did a coffee van for teacher appreciation day we recognized the different mental health and well-being days like um are you okay day um, we did a BU breakfast, didn't we, last year as well. And just things like that just help lift the spirits and, and keep everybody connected. And so about teachers? Ariane. Mm, what was she saying about teachers? They have to know. You can't, can't pour from them. No, it was not. No, she didn't say that was me. Um, she was saying that, you, oh, you can't teach what you don't know, what you have, wasn't it? That's it. You can't teach what you don't know. Or what you haven't, you know, relate to what you haven't experienced, yeah. Well, it's been really great. I mean, like we, of course, like we don't have time to answer all the questions. Like, um, but there's a lot of a good discussion. Like uh, when we finish, you can look at this discussion, and um, especially a lot of uh, here, like uh, educators, and then they are dealing the same thing, and they have not finished while we are finished right now, almost finished here. Yeah. Some people have already left, have another meeting. Yeah, but thank you so much, uh, Kathy and Deborah. It's very uh, insightful uh, conversation we have here. And I, I believe everybody benefits something from this conversation. And you are amazing. You are awesome. Um, oh, thank you. Thanks, Otherwise, thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.